We're in the middle this morning of our, our All Involved series, the second talk on it. Uh, and All Involved, not uncoincidentally, I'm sure you all know, is one of our five church values. Can you name the other four? They are, of course, loving and generous community, distinctive daily disciples, connecting with God and being proactive in mission. It's great to have these values, um, but actually, they're only really going to be valuable to us if we understand them, know what they mean, and then are able to live them out. And I don't know if you've noticed, but since we adopted these values uh, in the second half of last year, we've had a number of sermon series on these values, and we'll continue to do so. And in this series in particular, as already mentioned, we're looking at our all-involved values. What does it mean for us as a church community to be all-involved? And we're focusing on some passages from Exodus that I think can really help us. For those of you that were here last week, we heard Catherine, didn't we, uh, speak to us also from Exodus. And Moses was totally exhausted from doing everything himself. And we learned, among other things, that uh, he did not need to do everything on his own. But Jethro, his father-in-law, came and gave him good and godly advice, which he listened to and accepted. And then he went and got others involved. And the whole community was blessed as a result of it. Everybody was able to know God better. And this morning as we look at this passage, I think we're going to learn two more things about this value of being all involved that I hope will help us live out this value more as a community together. So the first of these two things I want to share with you from this passage is this. An all-involved community actively listens to God. By actively, I, make, I mean it makes an effort to hear God's word. Our reading started in verse 4. I don't know if you noticed. Uh, I hope you were listening. Moses said to the whole Israelite community, this is what the Lord commanded. There are a few things I want to sort of just say about this verse. Obviously, back then, uh, in Moses' time, things were a little bit different than they are today. Uh, Moses was the one who God had chosen uh, to lead both the people of Israel. And also, more importantly, and it is more important, he was the one chosen to whom God would speak to and meet with personally and directly. First time we know this happened for sure was that famous burning bush that doesn't burn up story uh, where, Mo, where God gives Moses that direction that he's going to be the one to lead his people out from slavery. And there's also several other times or constantly perhaps throughout Moses' story we hear Moses and God interacting but particular close moments as well like the burning bush and the going up at Mount Sinai to receive the Ten Commandments and other instructions from God. And God often uh, spoke instructions and had uh, words for Moses that weren't just for him. Sometimes the words were just for him, but sometimes God would speak to Moses with words to share, to tell out to the community. And this is what happened in our, in our reading today. 
or before it, Moses has heard from God and he's come back down to his people. And you can imagine uh, the people, just like we do on a Sunday, they all willingly come and gather around Moses, the whole community. Moses uh, goes to the side. He puts on his little um, Britney Spears-style mic, does a quick sound check, and then gets up in front of his people, makes sure the uh, speakers are turned up uh, really loudly so the tens of thousands of people of the whole Israelite community can hear him clearly once say everything so everybody knows exactly what is happening and he gets up and speaks. Of course, that last bit isn't actually what happened back then. That wouldn't have been possible. And it's not really possible today. We know some of our community are in Guildford celebrating um, the ordination of uh, Sarah and Tom. But for the whole community to gather, like it says, uh, just as a throwaway line in that opening verse, is actually a big thing. And for everybody, the whole community, to hear what God had wanted would have involved the community actively listening to what Moses did, but then also actively sharing it out to the rest of the community that are around them, passing it on, talking about it. Those that were close enough would have been able to hear what Moses has said. They would have needed to listen intently and then pass it on to those that are around it. It would have involved people being eager to listen and people being eager to share and willing to share with those that wanted to know around them in the community. So everybody knew it wouldn't have just been a once message given once and then it was deli- it, everybody knew it would have been delivered and then it would have been talked about repeatedly people listening accurately and then passing it on. I think it's a wonderful picture when you kind of think about it, of a community working together. Quite a buzz when Moses comes back down. People know he's met with God. What is God going to say to us? And people being excited and eager to listen and hear what God is saying to the community, what he wants them to do. And I hope that's kind of a picture of what we're like. We actively want to listen to God. We want to be people eager to hear what God wants to say to us as a community. Are we also people that are eager to share that with those around us that aren't perhaps here or can't make it on a Sunday or wherever it is for various reasons? Do we share? Do we talk about? what God is doing amongst our community with those around us. We're lucky and blessed today because God can speak to us in many, many uh, different ways. We don't have to rely on one person to hear. Yes, you can come to church on a Sunday. And I hope through the Bible readings and through the service, you can uh, hear God speak to you through other people. But we can all go to God directly, can't we? We have God's words recorded for us in scripture that we can spend time reading and and digesting. We could go direct to God ourselves. We have the spirit of God in us, speaking to us, and we can speak to God through prayer as well. So many different ways. We can hear from God individually, but also as a community. Last year we spent a significant time after Patrick's uh, arrival here 
thinking, what, what is it? What do we want to say about our community that we value? What is God saying to us? And we spent an awful lot of time, didn't we, talking, sharing, asking for input into what makes our community, our Holy Trinity Church here, what it is that's godly and also what do we aspire to be. And we looked at all different groups and we had these five values that we came up with that says this is what we think we are but also this is what we think God wants us to be. Are we going to listen to what God wants us to be as a community? All involved was one of the things that came out really, really strongly. Are we going to listen to God on that and say, yes, I want to be involved in this. I'm going to listen to what God has said to us or we believe God has said to us. The people were doing that in this reading. They were actively coming and listening to Moses and listening to what God said. And then the second point from this morning, they're very simple points. Through listening, God invites us to respond to him. I'm only up to the second verse in the reading, but I promise you I'm going to speed up from here. Verse 5. Uh, Moses has announced that what he, what he has said is, is a command from God, and then he says, from what you have, take an offering to the Lord. Did you notice that God has a plan for his people, and he knows, God, that whatever is needed in his plan for his plan to succeed, is already there in the community. From what you have, take an offering. It wasn't give to God from what you don't have, but rather from what you do have. And spoiler alert, the community does get all they need to build the, um, the, the tabernacle and the piece of the equipment needed for the tabernacle. I'm not sure I'd mentioned that yet, but this passage is about some of the materials that were needed uh, for the tabernacle, the tent of meeting, as it was called in there, which is the central place back then at the heart of the community, the place where God's presence would come and rest, where people would gather and worship and meet with God. It was the heart. It was going to be God's dwelling place at the center of his people. And this is a significant project. It needed lots of equipment, lots of things that were valuable, and lots of skills. But all that was needed was there in the community. And through listening and responding to God's word, that those gifts and those materials could be gathered. And this amazing work was able to be completed. I believe that is true for us today, for our community, that we have all that we need in our community to achieve God's plan for us. God gives us what we need to achieve his plan. God does not want us to fail. God does not want us to do things that we are not equipped for or that he will not equip us for. The church has a community together. We have the gifts and resources to complete all that God wants us to do. And the church is not the building. It's us, you and me. Next week, as we've mentioned, 
Uh, last week, I'm going to mention again now, we're having a celebration of ministry uh, Sunday across all the services. There's going to be, the church can be set up differently. We're going to be able to have places where we can find out more about some of the ministries and activities that go on in the church that we offer. And we're doing this for two reasons. Um, because we want to make what we do more known to all of us here. So you can find out about some of the things that we do because even I found out one or two new ministries as well recently because there's a lot going on. I want to know all the different skills and gifts that we have going on in in our church community that can be used. But also we want to give you an opportunity, if you're interested, to find out more so that you perhaps can also be involved in using your gifts and skills in some of those areas to respond to God. Let's give you three examples of things. We want the children's groups that we have here on a Sunday morning to be the best they can be for children to come here uh, excited about what's going to happen, but also go home wanting to come back to church the following Sunday and also wanting to bring friends to find out more about God because they're having such a good time doing it. We really need more helpers to make that a reality. We also, we also think it's God's plan for our youth ministry to continue to grow as it has done this year and support those young people as they grow up. Holly needs more people to help with that and get involved in that as well. The list goes on. There's even going to be a stand manned by myself where you can uh, show interest and come and find out about a shape course that we're offering. If you're unsure about what gifts and skills you have, you can come and find, and this course helps you find them out for yourselves because we all have something we can offer. There are many more areas. Do come along next Sunday. It's going to be brilliant. It's going to be worth your while. Uh, Talk about it and encourage other people to, to come along. But also, don't be worried about being forced into anything. Because we're not going to do that to people. We need to remember the second point I've been talking about here is we listen to God and God invites us to respond to his word from what we have. God doesn't force or make his people respond. Did you notice that in the reading? But rather he would like his people to respond willingly. Verse 5, from what you have, take an offering for the Lord. Then the next part of the verse, everyone who is willing is to bring to the Lord an offering. That word willing is repeated six times in that short passage just to emphasize the point. The people aren't made or coerced into responding to giving over these precious gifts or materials that they have or their time and talents but they are responding willingly. God is clear about what is needed and and he asks, but he invites the people to respond if they are willing. And the whole list of things, we didn't actually read out all of them. We chopped out, out a few of them. There's a whole list of things that they needed in this reading for the tabernacle. And they basically, they boil down into two areas. They boil into to, to wealth, either money or, or precious objects and talents, such as um, 
yeah, and talents. And we can think about it the same today. We can think about those two things, can't we? We can think about our wealth, sort of the money and possessions we have, and our talents, such as um, time or spiritual and practical gifts. And God wants us to respond willingly with both of them, to give to him. I don't want to spend too much time on the wealth side, other than to say that God does indeed want his people to give willingly from our wealth for his purposes. It may surprise you, but the Gospels uh, recordings of, of Jesus, Jesus teaches more in the Gospels about money and possessions and people's need to be generous with them than he did about heaven or hell. Does that surprise you? If you don't give anything from your wealth, can I challenge you to listen to God on the subject and respond to what he says? I'm not saying necessarily give to the church, although you can do, but you need to be generous with what you have for God's purposes. Giving from your wealth is important, but it's also really important to give from who you are as well, from your time and your talents. The tabernacle uh, equipment didn't just need gold gems, it needed skills. And there's that incredible invite in verse 10, all who are skilled among you come and make what God has commanded. And then we hear the community withdraws from Moses, having listened to him, and those that are willing uh, respond. Verse 11, everyone who was willing and whose heart was moved came and brought the offering to the Lord. There's women who were, who were willing and they spun goat hair. Don't really know what that's about. Uh, men and women bringing further free will offerings to the Lord. Verse 29, there was a role for everybody. There were skills needed and people responded. And they collected an abundance. All the material was needed, that was needed was found, just like God had said. And all the skills that were needed were present among the community. What a brilliant picture. I want to finish by just asking, this question, asking you this question. Why were the people so willing to respond? Why should we be willing to respond to God's challenge to, to, to give and be generous? Well, for the Israelites, they were a nation that messed up and made mistakes. But they lived, didn't they, with the experience of knowing what God had done for them. They were there in the wilderness, but they were free people. God had come and rescued them and freed them from their life of slavery in Egypt and had taken them out. They believed in a God that had rescued them, that had helped for them, that they'd seen provide for them in that place. They were giving to God out of an attitude of gratitude to him. I think that's why many of them were willing to give. It's natural to be thankful when somebody's done something incredible for you. I'm sure a lot of us can remember that, um, the story of those uh, footballers from Thailand, those young footballers that were trapped in uh, the underground cave last year. And that outpouring of joy there was when they were finally uh, able to, were found and were able to be rescued. What was the first message 
that came out from these boys once they were rescued. It was indeed a message of heartfelt thanks to all those that had been involved in rescuing them. They were grateful for what had happened to them, for the effort that people had put in. Today, we also have a huge amount to be thankful for God for, don't we? Sometimes in the busyness of life, we can forget and God can be pushed to one side. But as we gather here on a Sunday, let's be sure and remember again the greatness of God's love for all of us because of what he's done for us through Jesus. Let's remember that he's removed our sins from us. He has transferred us into a close relationship with him, into a new life where we are loved and accepted for who we are, where we don't have to do anything to be loved anymore, where we don't have to do anything to earn acceptance or or, or praise, do this or that to be significant or noticed by God because he loved us even when we didn't know him. We don't have to do anything. There's nothing we can do to make God love us more and there's nothing we can do to make God love us less. That is something to be really thankful for. We have God's very presence in us by his spirit today. We can be sure that God is always with us and we can trust his promises because I hope you can remember and you know what God has done for you in your life, the difference that he's made. He's made a huge difference in my life. And he does to all those that he meets. And I'm forever going to be grateful to him. And that's why we should respond willingly to the invite of God to be involved. We should respond out of thanks for what he has given us. I'm going to finish by uh, having two reading two quotes to you. One's from scripture and one's from Eugene Peterson who wrote the message translation of the Bible. First, the bit of scripture. Two Corinthians, this is from chapter nine, verses seven and eight. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver and God is able to bless you abundantly So that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. And this is Eugene Peterson's sort of taken comment on this verse. We have this most generous God who gives extravagantly. He gives so that you can give away. He gives that which grows into full-formed lives, robust in God, wealthy in every way. And he does it so that you can be generous in every way. Lord, help us to remember to be generous. Help us to remember your generosity to us. Lord, help us to be people that are eager to hear your voice and shape our hearts in a way that makes us willing to respond in gratitude and know what gifts we can offer for you out of thanks. Amen.